This is Nehemiah chapter 2, and the heading is, Artaxerxes sends Nehemiah to Jerusalem. In the, in the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was brought for him, I took wine and gave it to the king. I had not been sad in his presence before, so the king asked me, why does your face look so sad when you're not ill? This can be nothing but sadness of heart. I was very much afraid, but I said to the king, may the king live forever. Why should my face not look sad when the city where my ancestors are buried lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire? The king said to me, what is it you want? Then I prayed to the God of heaven, and I answered the king, If it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor in his sight, let him send me to the city in Judah, where my ancestors are buried, so that I can rebuild it. Then the king, with the queen sitting beside him, asked me, How long will your journey take? And when will you get back? It pleased the king to send me, so I set a time. I also said to him, If it pleases the king, may I have letters to the governors of Trans-Euphrates, so that they will provide me safe conduct until I arrive in Judah? And may I have a letter to Asaph, king of the royal park, so he will give me timber to make beams for the, for the gates of the citadel by the temple and for the city wall and for the residence I will occupy. And because the gracious hand, hand of my God was on me, the king granted my requests. So I went to the governors of Trans-Euphrates and gave them the king's letters. The king had also sent army officers and cavalry with me. When Sanballat the Horonite and Tobiah the Ammonite official heard about this, they were very much disturbed that someone had come to promote the welfare of the Israelites. Well, I don't know about you, but I think this is quite an unusual topic, really. Uh, because we're looking at the thing of asking for help or asking others for help. Now, I don't know about you, I haven't heard any sermons before on this topic, so you probably haven't either. But to get us into, into the topic, sorry, Jim, but I have to do this. Uh, what I'd like you to do is just think for a minute of times you've asked for help, either for yourself or other people, and whether it was hard or easy, whether it was something big or something small, okay, so the times you've in the past asked other people for help. Okay, so talk to your neighbor and uh, just, to, just to get our thinking on track. Okay, so can I draw us back together?
this obviously you could carry on for a long time. But what we're going to look today at, there's a particular moment in the story when it's the crunch point when Nehemiah is with Artaxerxes, probably the most important person, most powerful person in the world at that stage. So it's that interview we're looking at when, when the business is done. But just a reminder, we had a, a couple of sermons already looking at the context, and Nehemiah was a senior official, we learned, in the Babylonian government, at the Persian government. And he was in Susa, which is well o- way over on the east. And he's got a really responsible position. He's cupbearer. And basically, I'm sure you know what the cupbearer's job is. Basically, he tests the wine and the food to see if it's poisoned. And if it's poisoned, he dies, but not the boss. That's essentially his job, but it was an important position. So that was Nehemiah, but he's also a Jewish exile. So he's risen right right through the ranks. But then there's a moment when his brother comes all the way from Jerusalem, where the exile, some have returned, and they're in a really terrible position. Uh, The walls are destroyed, the gates have been burnt, uh, they're all at sixes and sevens as a small community. And Nehemiah is really struck because it's like his home. It's his home uh, center of Jewish life, really, Jerusalem. And he, what does he do? He, He weeps, he mourns, he fasts, He prays, actually, for quite a long time. Quite a long time. And then when he's sorted out, and this is what we come to last week, he he ends up by having a prayer, uh, really acknowledging his sins and the sins of his, his people, which has made God send them off into exile in the first place. And he reminds God, which is always good, he reminds God that if people repent, they will be given the way back to being restored again, uh, which, is, which is fantastic, but reminding God he does. And then the last minute in his prayer, he says, because it's the, it's the day he's going to go into the interview, give your servant success today by granting him favour in the presence of this man who is the king. So he's just about to go. So it's a sort of final prayer to just hope that God's going to be with him as he goes in. And just a couple of things for us, because there are points in our lives, aren't there, when we've got to do the, the business of actually asking, going into whatever the situation is and asking. But a couple of things beforehand that struck me. When God lays a particular situation on our hearts, and we know it's, we've got to do something about it, we don't know what it is. It can be for us, it can be our family, it could be any work, all sorts of things. And I'm sure you've had that, haven't you? Maybe you have today. There's a particular situation on your heart. 
Yeah, and praying, obviously, for the situation. Uh, talking usually with other people. That's what I, I just find praying on my own doesn't always get far enough. But talking with other people, praying, talking, praying. And then this is the moment of actually asking. Now, I need two helpers, please. You don't have to do too much. So can I have two volunteers, please, to come up front? You don't have to say anything, but you have to look the part, that's all. <laughs> any, any helpers? Uh, right, as you're the first of all, you have a choice. Do you want to be king or Nehemiah? Right. Okay, you're, you're the king. <laughs> <laughs> you want to sit there? Please, absolutely, yes. <laughs> now, uh, this is partly fun, but I, I hope it's just to bring it to life, the situation, a little bit. So, this man, Artaxerxes, he is the most powerful person in the world in those days. He's, he's very powerful. Biggest empire known at that stage. Absolutely it. Now, Nehemiah, who's going to have, have a... He's going to have this. This is, this, is your, uh, this is your prop, by the way. So, Nehemiah, okay, he's cupbearer. That's his cup. But normally, what does he do? He goes in as cupbearer, looks relatively professional as a cupbearer. And... <laughs> But he doesn't normally go asking for things. That's not his role, is it? And he's got this weight on his heart, hasn't he? Because he's heard, actually, it's four months ago that his people are in the def desperate straits. Okay, so off you go towards the king. You better give him the cup as well. <laughs> now, you look too happy. <laughs> What's the joke? <laughs> now, the thing is about this normally he goes in professional countenance. This time, the mask is off and he goes in sad, which he wouldn't do normally. He goes in sad because he's really broken up about what's happening to his people. And he knows this is the day he's going to ask, so he's a bit nervous, to put it mildly, as well. King just expects the cupbearer to go in with his cup, and that's it. So he's not expecting anything special either, is he? Actually, I could have had the queen is beside him, but I thought that would make it too complicated. Okay, so he takes in, he looks sad, but the king, actually, he's quite, he's quite astute, the king, because he notices that the first time ever, Nehemiah actually appears sad in his presence. And he says, he just says, this can be nothing but sadness of heart. So he, he cottons on pretty quickly. That this is something unusual going on. And then king has this actually quite direct question. <laughs> he says... He says, um, he wants to know what's going on. Why, why, why is he looking sad? And so 
Nehemiah goes, he goes straight for it, doesn't he? He's, he holds his nerve and he says he's sad because of a situation his people are in. Okay, the king obviously knows that he's a Jewish exile, but he's never gone this far. They, they don't talk about that sort of thing. Why shouldn't my face not be sad when all this has happened in Jerusalem? And then the king comes straight out. He said, what is it you want? Well, I don't think he's got any lack of experience dealing with petitioners. Do you? As top man, I expect he's used to all this. But he's not used to Nehemiah in the role of petitioner. I think he actually... He, he, he values him as, as his cupbearer, so he, he goes along and he says, well, what is it you want? Now, I love this bit. It says there's a sort of an arrow prayer that Nehemiah does. He just asks for, well, for help for God and that he's going to hold his nerve, I think, because it's easy, isn't it, to bottle it when the moment appears. So he doesn't want to bottle it. And he, he comes straight out and he says, well, actually... Can I be given permission? Can I be given permission to go back to Jerusalem to rebuild the city? Now, actually, this is really treacherous ground for him because not so many years ago, the king had actually put a stop to the building of the walls in Jerusalem because he had heard local rulers saying, No, don't let the Jews do that, they're going to cause trouble. And they had a history of causing trouble. So, yeah, what Nehemiah is asking is actually big. He's asking the king to change his mind. But the king, he, he, he takes it in his stride. The king agrees. <laughs> so Nehemiah goes a bit further and he goes on to the practical nitty-gritty. Well, he's in Susa at the moment, a thousand miles away. So what, what Nehemiah asked for is safe passage all the way back through all the different provinces to get all the way back to Jerusalem. And he also says, can you also please uh, get Asaph, who's the, the keeper of the king's forest there, to allow me to cut some wood for the walls, for the uh, gates, and for, and for my residence as well. And it's quite amazing because it all goes through it all goes through in one shot. Thank you very much indeed, team. <laughs> I mean, this is... Whoops. Why have we gone off? Yeah, that's, that's what they could have looked like, but they didn't. <laughs> I think actually they did better, don't you? Now, I, sorry if you can't really see this, but I, I thought, well, let's just have a go. So I stuck in Susa on Google Maps, and Susa is a capital. It's far, the far right. It says Shush, actually, but that's Susa. And then I put in second destination Jerusalem. And I don't know if you can read from there, but actually it says uh, 16 hours, 29 minutes. <laughs> well, actually, when Ezra did a similar trip a, a few years earlier, it took four months. 
So it, just to give us an idea, it was a big, big journey. Uh, hazardous journey, but anyway, that was it. It's a long, long way away. And I just love this sort of prayer of thanks, really, uh, from the king. Uh, sorry, from Nehemiah, I should say. And because the gracious hand of my God was on me, the king granted my requests. I, it says it all, doesn't it? Uh, it was absolutely amazing that it all went through. Absolutely incredible. And it was like, um, well, there's one king, but there's another king behind all this, isn't there? Who's opened the king's heart, Nehemiah, to do the right thing. And so actually God has done it, isn't it? God has opened up the way, and it always is that. Now, I don't know about you, but just some pointers that struck, a few things that struck me about that interview. The first thing is, I think, when we're in the position of asking, we're actually putting ourselves in a position of being a bit vulnerable, aren't we? Quite vulnerable. Because we don't know yeah, how the person's going to respond. Uh, yeah, we don't know how it's going to go, do we? For Nehemiah, he knew he was on tricky ground. It went through. But for us, yeah, it's, it's difficult as well, isn't it? I think culturally asking for stuff is difficult as well. But I think the second problem I have, and I expect you do as well, sometimes it's not that straightforward working out who we should be asking for help. I'm sure you've had situations like that. Uh, Nehemiah was pretty clear he went to the top man. Sometimes with us, it's not that straightforward. Sometimes it's actually a series of people we need to go to. Or sometimes we try one, then try, yeah, it's, it's, sometimes it's not that straightforward. I think one of the things that really struck me about Nehemiah, he'd really thought it through, hadn't he? He knew what he was asking, he knew how to do it, and he, he knew what, what his supplementary requests were going to be. He'd, he'd worked it through carefully, hadn't he? Now, sometimes that's all right for us, but sometimes it's not that straightforward, is it? Knowing exactly what we're asking, and just that we do need to try to, we know we need to try to do that, but it's not easy. And then as far as the outcome, well, it all went through for Jeremiah, for Nehemiah. It doesn't always work like that for us. Sometimes it's a partial thing. Sometimes we have to have two or three bites of the, you know, two or three goes. Uh, sometimes it's a bit more like the, the, the persistent widow. We have to keep on banging at the door, and eventually we get there. So outcome, it, it does vary, doesn't it? These are just the examples that struck me. It, I think this is an amazing story, isn't it, Zelensky? Uh, the amazing thing was that he, he played the role of president in some sort of soap, didn't he, before... And then he went, he ran for president and he became president. But his situation is actually even worse than for Nehemiah, isn't it? People absolutely being destroyed. And he's put himself in the firing line. He, he's very vulnerable. He's gone to, well, he's gone to the right people, hasn't he? He's gone to all the, all, all the world leaders. He's actually gone clear in his mind what he's asking for each time. And I don't know very much about tanks, but this most recent 
thing is really interesting, isn't it? Uh, the leopard tanks came first, didn't they? Then there was hum, humming and hawing from the Germans. Very understandable if you're, if you're a German and you know the, the history of your nation. Very understandable. Uh, but eventually, uh, yeah, there were Abraham's tanks promised, although they're apparently not coming very soon, and leopard tanks as well. But he knew what he was asking for, and he's been persistent, hasn't he? He's been persistent. I think that's an incredible story there. And something that's touched various families in Salisbury, who are hosting Ukrainian refugees at the moment. I mean, I think Ukraine, it's, I think he's well aware, isn't he, of the Russian fears of invasion from Europe which has happened lots of times in the past. I think he's also aware of the German fears. So he's, he's, not, he's not foolish. But anyway, that's one story. This is a more personal one. This is, this is my father and myself standing in a residential home, and this is the end of the story. But it started off when he was starting to have problems with memory. So... Various times I had to accompany him to a geriatrician, I think that's the right word, who basically checked out how, how his memory was going. And he, he bamboozled them the first two or three times because he, can, he, could, he could count back from 107 standing up on his face. Yeah, no, no issue. So he managed to bluff his way for a number of times. But eventually there was a diagnosis and then there was help putting a, a security device on the back door. He was living on his own and he would go out in the middle of the night thinking it was daytime. And uh, yeah, so that was another thing. And then finally, actually, Shelley and I, we'd, we'd gone off to Argentina by this time. It was my, it was my brother and sister-in-law. They worked out with him where the best residential home was for him. And in brackets, there was an upstairs floor uh, specializing in dementia care. So this was the end of the story, but it was very harrowing. There was a lot of, it was a slow way towards the outcome. Well, I don't know where you are this morning. I don't know where you are in your family life. I don't know where you are with your work. Uh, I've got some idea where St. Francis is as a congregation. But I think that's the point of this, this, this particular topic. There's the before, what has the Lord laid on your heart? What are you praying for, for the right approach? What is it? And then there's what we've just looked at is that interview are you before the interview, or, if you, or maybe you've got through that stage, or maybe you're trying to work out what you need to do? And then, well, I say in the future, it may, I don't know where in the process you may be. I would guess that most of us have got something on our hearts. It can be a personal thing, but I, I think Nehemiah, on behalf of other people, wasn't it? Can be either. And I think that's 
that, that, that's the point I just want to leave with us. It's obviously praying about it, sometimes fasting, working out when the moment is, who, 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 who to ask, or which people to ask, it's, it's sometimes a number. And I think being prepared, yeah, as far as we are, being prepared with the sort of to and fro of that interview whenever it comes. And then just to finish with, there's an afterwards, the after the interview. Okay, so Nehemiah has the whole lot given, and so it says that straight away he uses the safe conduct and starts his journey with an armed escort, which he didn't ask for, to go back to Jerusalem. But the other thing that struck me, just at the end of the reading, there was this sort of a, a hint that there was quite a lot of opposition going to be stirring. Sanballat, the Horonite, it sounds pretty uh, dangerous, doesn't it? But the local leaders were not in the least bit keen on someone coming to take the part of the Jewish community. Didn't want that to happen at all. And sometimes it is like that, isn't it? There's some sort of good outcome from whatever we're asking for. We need to get on with it, put into action what we can. But sometimes there's a sort of a, a pushback, isn't there? I think we just need to be prepared for that. So may the Lord help you, whatever your situation is, and whatever stage in the process you are. Thank you.